0: Yeah, hi. My name's Leo. I'm 50 years old. I am a husband, father, have a good career, active, fit. Uh, but about a year ago, I felt uh, my life was missing something. Uh, for the better part of a year, I've been working on self-improvement and the, uh, forever buzzword mindfulness. Uh, over time, uh, working on these things, I found that I have spent the first 49 years of my life doing uh, and I feel like I've spent the better part of the last year focused more on being Uh, it's been wonderful it's changed my life Uh, I'm thriving I'm finding artistic expression I'm truly deeply happy in general it's been well received by my family and friends you general consensus of a better man uh, but I feel I'm caught between two worlds. Uh, I still have the good job uh making good money, and maybe I'm coming out the other side of being a really uh, more fulfilled and, and better person. But I'm experiencing a sense of an increased loss of motivation uh, around my unsatisfying career. I'm ready to move on the next phase of my life which will likely be less lucrative, uh, at least in the short term. The issue I have is that I've established myself as a provider, and a lot of people depend on me. Um, My question is, how do I, or do I, message where I believe my career or my goals are going? Do I owe the people in my life an explanation um, that I've found happiness outside of uh, a high-income lifestyle? Um, I want to experience more of life and be less captive by my career, but one of the harder things, the hurdles to finally get over is sort of how I bring the people around me along. Um, that's my situation. I really enjoy the podcast and uh, hopefully I get to listen on uh, your input on this. Thanks. Have a great day.
1: We share our stories to feel less alone.
2: And people dare to share their stories with us.
1: Don't talk about it. Shh. I hope nobody finds out.
2: I am so weird. I can't believe I just did that.
1: You're not weird.
2: And you're not bad. You're human. Welcome, Welcome to, Striptease. to Striptease.
1: How do you get other people to understand what you're starting to understand about yourself when you're a provider and you're helping other people. And it sounds like he's got a job that's successful and he's got a lot of people he's working with and a family, right? And what I would want to tell him, what I helped to understand myself is that you can't really, you can just do that thing that you have to do for yourself. And hopefully that will inspire other people to do the same thing, but you can't get them to understand it. It took me a long time for me. And I think, I don't know if you've experienced this, but, you can't get people to understand you or to get you, but you can get yourself and you can understand who you are and hopefully they'll connect with that, but you can't get them to get there with you.
2: No, completely agree. You You, know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And, And really when he starts embodying the life that is more congruent to who he is, that will start showing up in the way that he is in his relationships, how he is with. But he's
1: saying that's what's happening though, right?
2: And what I'm hearing is he's really looking to get the other people to come along. There is nothing that he can say at this moment that's going to show them how happy he is, or I how agree. how more aligned with what it is that he wants to do. Listen, if there is something that you are wanting to do and you finally get to do it, and you are untethered from thoughts, opinions, the should of, would of, could ofs. The freedom inside that creates so much happiness and allows you to expand and explore and to check out other things that the other people in his life will be enrolled in that. They'll say, "Oh my gosh, look at Dad. Yes. He looks so happy. And his wife, at the end of the day, I really believe, would say, "You know what? You're so much happier now, and that will translate to the kids and the relationship with the wife and everything else. And so, yes. It is a leap and a bound when you get to a certain place of success in your life. It's funny because I always used to think, oh, with more money, you can buy this and go on vacation and have these fantastic things. But with more money comes more responsibility. All you do is spend it and then have to take care of all of those things that you spent it on. And so it becomes a, a bird in a cage and that cage starts getting smaller and smaller. Now you're locked into this role which sucks at a certain point. And so that's what I hear from him is I feel like I, I hear him saying that he's locked in and to get out of that, there is some sort of guilt surrounded. And also, how can I get people to be my cheerleaders and be with me on this journey?
1: Which the thing is you, you can't. But what's funny is it sounds like he's already feeling pretty good. He, he said he's happier than he's been and that I'll— Bet I don't know where this came from. This expression dollars to donuts. I bet um, <laughs> that the, the his family and his coworkers have noticed that. And I think so. What's interesting is how we put a <laughs> we put like a a stick in the spokes of the bicycle that's already going at a nice pace down the road. You know, so he's putting a he's putting a stick in there by by being concerned. It sounds like the concern is more about him giving himself permission to actually be happier, to actually continue to do this thing, right? And I think what's happening is it sounds like he's feeling pretty damn good about how things are going. Can I trust this? Mm. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that cool? Well, that's
2: the biggest yeah, question.
1: That's correct. Is yeah, can I trust is.
2: myself, one? Because yep. that's really what it comes from. Mm-hmm. And can I trust this bold move that I'm going, listen, there is no answer. I'm not a fortune teller. Nobody is. But going back to your deathbed moment, Right are you going to regret this? And I think that's a big question to ask, is are you going to regret this at the end of the day? That's what I would be definitely asking myself. But I think that him being happy and choosing a path that he's more aligned to now is it's going to translate to everybody else around him.
1: And I think this is important to add in here. Uh, he said he turned 50, and he was at the cusp of 49. And, you know, and I turned 50... I was a hot mess for a couple of years and I've still kind of been going through a whole, oh, my body's doing this. Oh, this is happening now. Fuck. I, I meet a lot of people and work with a lot of people that are in that gap. And it's a curious turning point for mortality, for my legacy, for fulfilling my potential. What am I leaving behind? That sort of thing. And I, I love that he is at the forefront. It sounds like a getting ahead of what we now know, you know, the deathbed moment, what are you going to think about? Like you said this in the last podcast, I think. We've read all these posts on social media. An 89-year-old person is about to die, and this is what they say matters. And then we read that, but then we don't change anything in our lives because there's the answer. We're like, that's nice, and then I need to get going. But that's not the point, right? So what I think is beautiful about what he's doing is he's, you know, there's, there's a book I always say. Have I ever given this to you, An Untethered Soul by Michael A. Singer.
2: Yeah, you told me about it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The whole precept of that book is uncertainty, fear, vulnerability, the tears, the anxiousness, to to not try to pretend you don't feel that, but to embrace that, to walk into that and feel that fragility while you still keep doing it. It's like I think why Brené, I pronounce your name, right. Brené Brown is so big is because she talks about take your vulnerability and make it your your power, right? So, for a man who's a supporter of people at a job and a family and turning 50, to make a shift like that, it's like, well, I I have to help these people. I have to be there for them. But if you're not there for yourself, the new way of helping them or helping yourself can't really show itself to you. That's courageous. (laughs) You know, it's it's
2: interesting that you bring that up because I wonder how many people in his life he's allowed to support him also, right? So, if he spent a lifetime supporting others— Is it possibly time for him to be supported? And that's great. What are his feelings around getting support? So, this could be just his way out and way to kind of lock him into being the supporter. But, how nice would it be if he actually got to lean back and be supported? And so, it's, it's, uh, and feel he deserved that. Yes.
1: Isn't that funny? Yeah. That's that's a really great insight on your part. I love that because I think that's true. I think a lot of us don't. Allow ourselves to be supported. It's the asking for help thing.
2: Mm -hmm. And if he's not the supporter, then who is he? Right? He identifies strongly with being Mm. the supporter. And so if he releases the idea of being supporter, then who is he? And how is he identifying himself as a person, as a supporter? Right? It goes both ways.
1: Mm -hmm. It goes both
2: ways. And if you release that, what does that what do you make up about yourself if you are no longer supporting other people?
1: Well, he said he's interested in being which means, who are you? Like, who am I, Mm -hmm. right? So if he's interested in, if he's been doing for what he said, 49 years, and then he's being there for the last wellness, he called it, he made fun, I love that he made fun of that word. Uh, Well, well well-being, what is it? What do you call it? Wellness? Yeah.
2: Mindfulness. mindfulness. Yeah. (laughs) Mindfulness. I love
1: that he made fun because I'm like, I always say it's the last thing you want is a full
2: mind. You know, but this goes further. This goes further than just him thinking he's a supporter. There are roles in my life where i uh, company owner, boss, mother, fiancé, best friend, right? And each one of these roles, uh, you know, I play each role a certain way based on my own idea of what these roles mean. If I stripped each one of them away, who would I be if I didn't have these roles? And that's really the question. And if I wasn't this role, what would I make up about myself? Right? Yeah. So, like, if I didn't have a company, would I feel like I failed in life or I didn't get as far? Or where, where would I go with that? And then what is the attachment about that? What is that and why? Why?
1: Well, you're, you're going to a pretty deep place. Because, I am, because, because this
2: goes out, this is really for other listeners to hear.
1: Yeah, last, last podcast, I went to a whole different land. And so this is starting to go to that land which I love going to, which is if you're not the externals and you're not living life in service of gaining more externals and you're not the label, are you enough? Are you, are you, are, what are you? <laughs>
2: yeah, and do you matter? Really, because those roles allow us mattering, right? I I feel in a lot of respects that I matter because I'm a business owner. Well, I have an attachment to that. I don't love it, right? I'm a mom. I feel like I matter because I'm their mother also. But there's an attachment to that. And so why does my mattering come from these different roles? And so that's where...
1: Well, this is really interesting because now we're talking the integration of the being and the doing, right? So that's really interesting because I think that's what we're... We're about nowadays is sort of how do we be you be i be mariana one of our producers in the, is in the room, we all be how do we be but then we 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 want to do because the doing is the expression of the being. so how do we express the being in the doing,
2: and so, so that goes back to the entire mattering piece as well, right, that, right that's
1: right. so in other words, when you sit here and say, you know i am the owner of hanger, and I sometimes you know, have challenges with that, but that this, this exists because of the understanding of your sense of being and who you are. And then the expression became this form, right? So I think a lot of, a lot of people who delve into this work either are so consumed with being, they want to sit on a rock and stare at the water for a while. That doesn't do shit. (laughs) How do you help the world? Right. And then there's people who are smashing it and, Mm -hmm. you know, gorillas and, you know, doing all that stuff about being a crusher. But then if they don't integrate the being with the doing, then it's just doing for the sake of trying to get to a state of being. But I, I, think, I think to live in the world, and this is something I've thought a lot about, because you know he talked about the financial component, which matters, because it seems his role now is, you know, he, he does well. So I heard a little glip in there when he talked about whatever the creative aspect of his life is, that's probably not going to be as much money. So then, then we have, you know, the belief in there, that's going to be the stick in the it's gonna slow down the bike because he really doesn't think this is gonna bring as much at first, which I liked. That was a cat. Yes, was I a, love that, that too because yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I wanted to I jump that. in
2: there and say, wait go, a go. second. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I knew you would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: absolutely. I mean, in, in everything that I've ever heard, and anything that I've ever done, it always started with the being, and at that point, it always drove me mm-hmm. for the doing. That's right. And I never lost sight of the being and able to do that. The, the piece is when you're doing and you get to a certain point in your life, though, how attached are you to what's been created and what it's meant? Is it informing him on who he is in his life? And if he's not a provider, going back to that, if he's not a provider, then who is he? And if he's not financially keeping everything as stable as it has been, then what is he making up about himself?
1: Well, then, okay, here we go. This is so beautiful. So what do you, I mean, I have a thought because I think about this forever, but what what do you think then that we attach to? Because that's correct. Well, creating and manifesting and building these things is is a gas. It's a lot of fun, right? You see these careers, you see the money, you see the companies, you see the business or whatever it is build up. So if we attach our sense of being to the external, but Mm -hmm. the external is a manifestation of the sense of being, the reason we don't want to attach seems to be so that we are unconditionally aligned with that sense of being, right? That we feel that fairly predominant sense of all is okay, like I'm fine, but we don't need these things to happen externally for us to predominantly know that. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, that's exactly what we talked about in our our last one. <laughs> yeah. And at the same time, humans really do like to have evidence of, and it's good. of things that they've done. Yeah, it's it's at the end of the day, it's I've learned to not attach as much as I can. And this has been a practice of mine, but people attach to everything. They attach to how many likes they get on social media. They attach to their cars. They attach to their house. Do you
1: consciously unattach because you, you're successful? So my interest— in you as one of your friends, is I love the discernment and the conscious awareness that you really do unattached to those things, but at the same time you build. So how do you build and unattach?
2: <laughs> I build because it's that's my that's my being though, right? Because okay. I like to grow things. Yep. Right. So I, I always like to be in a constant state of growth no matter what it is, right? Mm-hmm. Spiritually, mentally, however it is. The only time that I tend to get a well, first off, I keep my head down, right? I'm like, I don't know what the goal is. I just know I'm going forward. This is what I like to do. I'm going to follow this path. This is where I want to be. I also know that I am responsible for a lot of people. At the end of the day, I know that I'm responsible for a lot of people. I obviously like to be responsible for people because I'm a mom and everything else. So I like being a caretaker. That's always been a thing for me in my entire life. The unattachment comes. If I, if I lose the company, I don't feel like I'm a piece of shit or I've lost my meaning in life. It just means, okay, I've figured out how to not do that. I don't attach myself to it because I constantly question myself. If I don't have this, then who am I?
1: You know the difference with us? I, th- I thought about this last time we had a, uh, I was going to say a session. Last time we had <laughs> – this story my life. We're not in session. We're having a podcast. I have a preponderance that when the thoughts gain control of me – they did a little bit this morning for a bit of depression and a little bit of concern and worry. You're better at unhooking the hook than I am. And – you just—you really are like. like okay, she, she's giving me a look. Everybody that says she's <laughs> yeah. not, but I just want you all to know. No, she is. <laughs> you know what it is. Or, or I go. A, I go over. all
2: in. I go all in. What does right? that mean exactly? I don't half-ass the way that I'm feeling about something. So if I'm sad, I go all the way in with sad. Like bawling my eyes out, right? Is that out, the right? way you
1: get it to sort of vanquish, to sort of evaporate? Is that the way it works uh, yeah. for Yeah,
2: I sit in my mm. feelings for a bit. And if I'm angry, I'm really angry. And then at a certain point, I look at myself, I observe myself, and I start laughing at myself. And I say, really? In the scheme of things, is this really that important to take out your days in your hours, or sometimes so that's maybe the, your that's weeks.
1: The, that's the thought you pull up in your head. Yeah,
2: absolutely. And this is that, a waste of my time right now.
1: And does that bring you to a, a better emotional state?
2: Yeah, okay. al- almost instantly. Wait, well,
1: here, here's the thing. Yeah. So Okay, so we're kind of seeped in this. For anybody listening to this, it, it's hard to get in to most of our heads that either we're listening to thoughts or we're conjuring thoughts, right? And wherever we are emotionally is pretty much a product of... Either awareness that we're listening to thoughts or we're conjuring thoughts. So I love to hear the thoughts that you conjure when the emotion you sense is going to go to a place. I'd rather not go there. And then you go to a different place. That that to me, I've come to learn at the bottom of all things, is the trick for living a life the best you can. You know, now for depression, the darkness is a clawed sort of beast out of the nether regions that seems to come out and grab my hands and it's got the face of my mother and I just kick it <laughs> there she is again the mother so that the depression seems to have an ability to come quickly and swiftly and if I don't jump in there and think a thought that moves me away from that and more towards what it is that I want that I don't have much resistance to it seems to get a hold of me so it's always about what the thought is going to make me feel better
2: yeah you know I used to set timers for myself like a little egg. A little I saw egg you timer.
1: thinking I saw you thinking that in your head yeah, as I was talking about. I, 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 could I see was. Because that's what I used
2: to do when I was first like training myself to to stop because anxiety used to absolutely rule my life much more than it has been, right? I used to set an egg timer for fifteen <laughs> minutes, right? I love that. I loved being a victim. Loved it so I would go off and I would throw myself the biggest fucking pity party ever known to man. Like this person did this and this and blah 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 blah. And I would go all in and just I could clear with the wall, just stare at the wall and like blah. blah, blah. (laughs) And then all of a sudden the timer would go off and I go ding. Do you feel better? A little bit. Okay, so how are you responsible for this happening? Oh, this is what I did. Blah blah blah. All right, good. Now you know. Let's move on.
1: How long was the timer?
2: Ten minutes.
1: Okay. And that's Ten it. minutes. So anybody listening, that I've never heard that technique, and that's a great technique. Yep.
2: And then I would start breaking down, and now I can almost instantly go to okay. Great. Let me let me check this out. Great. The only place I still have an issue with is if I feel like I've hurt or injured somebody. Then I really get into my head around that, and I'll sit in that.
1: Is that part of the caregiver part of you? Because you feel like maybe you let someone down, and really you're about complete uplift.
2: A hundred percent. A hundred percent. But then I'm beating myself up. I'm like, well, what is this really going to help? Like this morning, I had an instance where I was just like, okay, I spent the entire weekend beating myself up. Congratulations. Now we get to move forward because now it is what it is. (laughs) What am I going to do? Spend the rest of my life beating myself up? It's not going to help anybody. And so, yeah, that's the only part right there that I still am like, ugh. I injured somebody or I hurt somebody, and that that really. And Mama Bear should never
1: do that. That's because you. you oh, should happen? So are people. you kidding
2: me? I'm gonna. That's not the last time I'm gonna hurt somebody. I'm pretty sure there are things that we say or do or whatever, and we don't mean it to of be. Of course. But that's the way that it works out, and you know, to think that you're going to go through your life and never hurt anybody is, mm-hmm. I think, a little bit insane and out of touch.
1: So, Lee, I would say. What we're saying, we both seem to—I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Jen, but um, you're, you're doing clearly amazingly well. You've turned everything around in a year of this work, which is the being state that we always talk about. The doing seems to be happening. Maybe have trust and surrender and don't need the— Evidence. Yeah, the, the how. Yeah. Yeah, the doing the doing comes naturally from the being. But that's an ex, that's an experience. You know, that's a, that's a that's a thing you just sort of see, you kind of get. And I think the thing is you've lived long enough to have seen enough things come to fruition right at, at 49. You you, you say, I think we forget sometimes that <laughs> you've earned them scars. So it's kind of like you know what you're doing. You really do. But it's those thoughts that only you believe in that if you pull them up and think them, remind you of who you do know you are, at least at that point, right? Yeah. right. And take right.
2: stock of your life also, not that you need evidence, but take stock of your life, right? You've come this far. This isn't the first time you've been successful at something. Your family, it sounds like you're pretty successful at being a father as well. And so what are you pretending not to know about yourself? So if you take that jump, Take the jump and know that you'll be able to handle it. Whatever the outcome is, you'll be able to handle it. And uh, I, I really hope we hear from from Lee again. I want to oh, yeah. find out what happens with this. I'm yeah. excited for him.
1: Yeah, 2020, I'd like to hear what sort of announcements might come down the line I mean, it's going
2: to be scary. And there are going to be moments where you're like, what the hell am I doing? But that's not the first time you've had those either, and look at you. So
1: Just remember those movies where they jumped across the ravine. They didn't look
2: down. <laughs> <I> will <laughs> looked finish, at the other side. <laughs> I will finish with this. I do want to say congratulations at the age of 49 that you understand that uh, you've been doing your entire life, and now you are more focused on being. Mm. Some people don't get that until the last five minutes of their life. And so congratulations for having that and getting it when you did.
1: Now that's the perfect way to end this because that's where everything's going now. So this is our final tease for 2019 for season one. And it's funny for the first time here in this room as we're just sitting here talking, I just feel like we're sort of sitting here talking over coffee. It today is like sort of, huh?
2: coffee talk.
1: This is nice coffee talk. The White House. It's neither white nor is the house. Discuss.
2: (laughs) But I would like to say thank you for all the people that called in. That was pretty bold and daring for you to share your stories with us and have us, you know, basically give us your thoughts and for other people that were listening. You know, for the callers in, actually, for the people that are listening, I don't know how you've touched them, but From being so brave and calling in, I'm sure that other listeners were able to take pieces of what you're going through and not only relate to it, but get some ideas on how they can move forward in their lives in spite of it.
1: And I'll say also for people that called in, you know, this is for us a very sacred project because it's really about vulnerability, about empowerment, about coming into our own. And I know what it takes to show this part of yourself so we're very very honored that you would be willing to share what you have with us and I would say that you know this work or what we're trying to talk about here and trying to do here is about helping everybody accept the totality of themselves you know really come into the own of whatever they are and to radically love themselves. Yeah as much as they can
2: and please feel free to keep leaving voice messages there's a good chance that you'll be on next season's strip teases so we look forward to talking to all of you
1: make positive choices
2: hey so we know there was a lot of information in this last episode so if you'd like to reach out to us we're at stripthepodcast at gmail.com and if you'd like to leave us a voicemail about what's going on in your life 201-685-0828
1: Stripped is co-hosted by Jennifer Ho and Michael C. Bryan. It is co-created by Michael C. Bryan, Jennifer Ho, and Ian Hamilton. It is produced by Ian Hamilton and Mariana Trevino. It is recorded and edited by Rich Cervini at Hangar Studios in New York City.